Welcome to the CXO Experience. I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and today I'm going to talk about a hotel. And, you know, this is actually one of my favorite uh, stories. I was following it for a really, really long time. And I'm going to talk today about the TWA Hotel at JFK, uh, JFK Airport, uh, just outside New York on Long Island. You may or may not you know, be familiar with the story of TWA, and you may or may not be familiar with the story of Aeroserenin, so I'll maybe fill you in a little bit on, on those two people, and I'll talk a little bit about the terminal, but before I do that, I'm going to tell you about how I discovered it. So I had been following the news for a while that the old TWA terminal, which had been uh, decommissioned and sort of unoccupied since 2001, was being revived, which is pretty cool. Uh, and not just being revived as a terminal, but being revived as a hotel and a hotel connected to JFK. So I thought, oh, that's kind of neat. And as I read more about it, what I realized they were doing is they were reviving it in its exact original glory, bringing it right back to the way it looked in 1962 when it first opened. And it just sounded crazy and amazing all at the same time. And I, I just kind of kept tucking it away. I'm a big mid-century modern fan. And so it was you know, right down my alley in terms of the MCM look. And I just thought that will be a great place to go visit one day. But, you know, didn't spend a ton of time thinking about it. One day, I am running to the airport to catch a flight. Uh, and it was a flight to Paris. And I was um, running... Um, a little late um, for a couple reasons, and, and I, I never miss flights. And um, I got to the Delta desk, and I I had to check some luggage because I had a fair amount of luggage, and uh, couldn't get it on the plane. Uh, so get this, you have to be there forty five minutes before the flight, and I know that. I got there forty four minutes before the flight. And that particular day, like it was very quiet. I could I could see my boarding gate actually. It was in the older terminal, and there's no way I wouldn't have been able to get on the airplane. Um, but because of the way the rules are set up at Delta, the gate agents don't have any discretion to be able to do anything about it. And so the gate agent knew I could get on. I'm a Delta 360 you know, double platinum, whatever the top level is. I've got all this sort of so-called so secret access and she couldn't override these systems. And boy, it was a really, it was a really great example of experience gone wrong where for good reasons, they had wanted to make sure that luggage was loaded early enough that they could be inspected, et cetera, check. But by putting a hard stop in it, they had taken control and power away from the gate agent and made it impossible for them to have any discretion about letting someone on the flight. And what it did, it you know, created a pretty uncomfortable situation for the gate agent and for myself. And it was reminiscent of another similar situation where uh, I had been in Memphis and I had to fly back to see a play that my daughter was in. And the, um, the play uh, was one night only, so I had to get back. And so I got to the airport and United uh, had canceled the flight from Memphis to Chicago, just canceled it. And they're, and like, just, it's gone. Like no, re, no, no, not, didn't try to help put us on another flight or anything. There's just, no, no, there's no more planes. Sorry. 
And so, so I, I rushed over to Delta and again, I was one minute past the cutoff. And in that particular case is even worse because I could actually see the open door of the plane. Like it was right there and I didn't have any luggage. I'd flown down for the day. I just needed to walk onto the airplane and they couldn't, they couldn't literally couldn't sell me a ticket. And I called and did everything. And again, these automatic man, you know, systems couldn't allow any manual override. And it was frustrating for the gate agents, frustrating for me. And, and then in that case, Delta lost, uh, I was willing to pay any amount of money and Delta lost the money. Now it led to an amazing experience on Amtrak. So it all worked out for the best. And I'll talk about that some other time, but these, these things where you don't give your people the trust to, if you don't empower them to be discretionary, uh, it makes it very hard for them to land a great experience. So, um, and I have a contrasting example, uh, which is one of my best flight experiences ever for an airline. I fly very rarely actually, because I just, I don't go to England very often, but I was, um, I was on a trip. This is a few years ago. I was on a trip to London and I had to fly back and I was uh, flying back on British Airways, just coach, nothing, nothing fancy. And I, I uh, had been in a bit of a long trip and I was probably a little tired uh, and uh, uh, been a good trip, did some, was working at Gray and did some great work. Um, but, you know, just, it was just kind of like, well, I was a little down probably, you know, just you know, that little, you know, when you're traveling, you get a little bit tired and a little sad. And so, um, got to the airport and I went to the agent, a desk a gate agent and actually the, sorry, the, um, check-in agent. And she, uh, looked at my, um, information and she was checking me in and she said, Hey, um, today's your birthday. And I'm like, yeah. And she kind of looked at me slightly sort of apologetic and sad look on her face. Like, wow, you're, you're flying in this case, I'm flying from London to Miami, which is like a nine hour flight. <laughs> You're flying on your birthday. And I'm like, yeah. She said, you couldn't fly any other time. I said, no, this is it. I mean, I just, I got to go. And I'm doing a speech. Like I'm going, I hit Miami, I rent a car, I drive across Florida, and then I'm doing a speech in Tampa. Like it's, it's not, it's not a great situation, but that's the way it is. And she said, okay. And she went back to checking me in. Tip, 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 tip. And then she looked up at me and she said, Today's your 40th birthday. I said, yep, yep. She said, you're flying on your 40th? And then at this point, I'm starting to feel like, all right, slow down, Kansas. Like, like take it easy, all right? Like, get it. You don't need to like keep rubbing it in, but that's okay. And I'm like, yep. And uh, she says, wow. She goes, go back. And then she uh, reaches across with the ticket and she goes, happy birthday. And it was just a slightly different sort of tonality to it. I'm like, thank you. And I looked at the ticket and she had upgraded me to first class and it was a 747. So I was on the second floor of a British Airways 747 for my birthday. And it was actually the first time I had actually flown first class. Uh, and that was my first first class experience. It was pretty amazing. And, and when that flight arrived in Miami, I literally was just hoping they needed to turn around and go right back again because I was I'd be happy to stay in that plane for as many days as they wanted me to. Uh, and that's a good example of where British Airways had obviously provided the discretion to these agents so they could you know serve as a customer and create as a moment of great delight. Um, 
but not Delta. And, you know, I'm a huge Delta fan, massive Delta fan. Uh, like I said, I'm a 360. I've been flying it all the time. They've done a lot of things that are really cool. But this is an example of where they got, they've got to think about what they're doing here because, you know, it was hugely disruptive. Anyway, so the ticket agent is desperate to help me, can't. Ghost escalates like crazy. She's going to managers, et cetera. No, 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 no way. And of course, time is ticking on. And then it went from like, I could have made it to, and it's getting kind of tight. So, uh, so, and I'm, I'm actually, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little tired. Uh, I remember, I remember being in the middle of a fairly, fairly significant number of travel legs. And so I was just sort of like, sad but sort of rolling with it and also thinking oh, what i'm gonna do now and so um she rebooked me on a flight in the morning and i was like oh, i'm gonna go back into new york city and then i'm gonna come back out again and by the time i get back and and she said may i make a suggestion i said sure and she said there's a new hotel that has just opened it's called the twa hotel and i said well, i've heard of that she goes it's open I said, really? I didn't even know. And it was actually pre-opened. It had officially opened yet. Uh, but they were they were taking customers. And she said, um, you know, if you're interested, I could get you a room there. And I said, yeah. And so she went online on her computer, went to the TWA Hotel site, twahotel.com, and found suction of rooms. I said, I'll take that one. And she kind of picked it. And then and then she let me complete it. I put my, my credit card in and got the room. And... Uh, she said, it's, it's over in uh, Terminal 5. You just go to the JetBlue Terminal. And we're in Terminal 4. This is the newer Delta Terminal. You just get the air train and you're over in the new terminal and off you go. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And I said, thank you. And I, I said, this is a really frustrating experience in some ways, but I'm really glad I don't have to crawl all the way back in the city because it would probably would have been like literally a two, two and a half hour drive back in the city brutal traffic that day uh, and then back out again first thing in the morning I said this is great and I'm gonna have a fun night and thank you very much and she said well you're welcome and then she said the weirdest thing to me I'll never forget it as long as I live it was it was like one of those moments of uh, human compassion where you really understand just how rough someone's job must be and and she said um, and actually I, I gave her I get these coupons I don't know if everyone gets them in Delta or not, but I get these coupons that allow me to reward people at Crew and other Delta employees. Whenever they do something really cool, I can give them this certificate that I think it's miles, but a certificate that says, thanks for doing a great job and here's your reward. And I think what's really great about it is that they probably count how many they get and that's a, that's a great way to show management you're doing a good job. And so I gave her one of these as a way of saying thank you. And then she said like the, the two things she said to me were just like, my heart broke. First thing she said is she looked at this certificate I gave her and she looked up at me and she had like, not tears, but like that, you know, that pre-tear stage in an eye where your, your eyes get moist. She looks up at me and she's like, I've never gotten one of these before. <laughs> I was like, wow. You're like, Can you imagine working? She'd been doing it for a while. And imagine working at a job, knowing other people in the team are getting these things. And she's a very nice person. So she's probably been providing great service for a long time. I've never gotten one of these before. Because the people are in a rush. They're, they're, they're harried. They're coming, you know, off of, they're usually running late. They're, you know, it's like, there's, so they, this is like an obstacle they have to get over as opposed to 
something that provide great service. And so there's that. And then, and then she looked at me in this like really compelling way and said, I want to thank you for not yelling at me. <laughs> oh my God. I want to thank you for not yelling at me. And I'm not like a yeller anyway. So, but can you imagine being in a job where the, like, the exception is that people don't yell at you? And I, I guess the situation was pretty ridiculous, you know, and I, I can imagine that there's, you know, there, I guess there's an opportunity to get angry and get, start yelling. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that'd be very effective, but that's always, I guess people, some people go that way. And I just thought it was amazing that she thanked me for not yelling at her. Anyway, so I, I walk away from that and I've got my suit, giant suitcase I'm dragging behind me and um, I walk to the air train and then I get off in terminal five and there's a sign that says, TWA hotel and start following the signs. And it's like this little magic ride because it's all branded. And um, I go through the jet blue terminal and I get to an elevator and I um, press the elevator button and the elevator door opens and I, I walk in the elevator. The elevator door closes and I look at the elevator panel and where you press buttons to go places. And there are two buttons. One says modern day JetBlue. The other one says 1960s TWA terminal. And I'm like, uh, this is going to be cool. Like you can tell instantly that something's going to be different because of the care that they've put into the elevator. And what's cool is that the outside of the elevator is like all jet bluey. And then the inside of the elevator is all TWA. So I've already sort of stepped into a new world. It's a little bit like the Walt Disney Family Museum. Uh, there's an elevator that goes from one floor to the other, and it forms the transition between Walt's early life and then when he took the train to Los Angeles from Kansas City. And when you're in the elevator, it actually looks like the inside of a train, and it makes train noises. And then when you get out of the elevator, you're in Hollywood. So, it's a, so it forms this transition moment. Brilliant uh, piece of museum design. But anyway, so I get out of this TWA elevator and uh, to my right is Howard Hughes' desk. And we'll talk about the history of TWA, but you know Howard Hughes is a big part of it. And I'm on this red carpet and I'm looking down this mod tunnel that's straight out of the 1960s. And Frank Sinatra is playing on the speakers. And I realize, wow, I'm about to enter something very different in a very different kind of experience. So that's all we're going to talk about today. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is so much fun. I'm going to take you through the rest of it in the next couple of days because it's probably going to take a little while to get through this. But um, key learnings from today is that get that those little details. This is something Disney always gets really correct. The little details, they signal to people that the experience is going to be different and it preps them to be ready for an experience. So the more that you signal to someone that something's about to be different from what they normally see, the more they'll be ready to accept it and they'll be ready to receive it and be able to react to it and enjoy it. So um, for today's episode of the CXM Experience, I'm Greg Kahn, and I will see you next time.